Hello, I'm Dylan. And I'm Carter. And welcome back to Not One Talks. So our last episode was, I think, two, two and a half weeks ago, and we apologize for that first off. And I know at the end of that episode, we said we were going to talk about goblinoids next, but we lied. We really lied, because <laughs> uh, I forgot to prepare information for goblinoids, so instead, we're going to be talking about some uh, D&D campaign ideas, kind of like universe ideas, I guess. I... We we do have some ideas for like plot devices, but it's mostly just kind of a universe type thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm gonna go first. Uh, th- this is one that I this is, this is probably the campaign that I put the most effort into like ever. Um, of course, we haven't really played it that much, but yeah, we we played it for about two sessions, I think, or maybe it was just one session of just, one really long session. I think it was one really long session. And then we kind of just weren't able to play anymore. Okay. Yeah. It was just timing schedules and then... Yeah. yeah. But I think it's a really fun uh, universe idea. So uh, I'm just going to kind of like go through this Word document that I have. It might make no sense, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> so I start off by <clears throat> describing Pandora's box and... Uh, I'm sure everybody knows the general idea of what Pandora's box is. When you open it, world ends, general chaos, that kind of thing. But specifically in this universe, um, Pandora's box is an artifact created by a very powerful wizard when magic was like new in the universe. Um, what it actually is, is uh, th- this powerful wizard studied the outer planes and the inner planes, how they interact with each other. And he, through his study, realized how this uh, fine structure could collapse. And as any good scholar would do, he didn't want to actually destroy his work because, uh, you know, if you're a scholar, you don't want to do that. But he realized if anybody got their hands on this with malicious intent, bad things would happen. Like, very bad things would happen. So... Yes. So he's like, I spent all my life doing this, but if someone finds it, they'll destroy the universe. And so, well, I spent did spend my whole life on this. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, I don't think anyone, unless you're like really determined, would like destroy your life's work. Like, th- this is an <clears throat> old dude. Okay. <laughs> like he he spent. The, I, I I didn't specify what race he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really specify much about him. I just know that he, he's a wizard. It's supposed to be kind of mysterious because he so so long ago in the past, like okay. I, I misinterpreted it a bit, where it's like <laughs> magic was new and he discovered how to end the world. He's like, eh, whatever. I'll just write it down. Yeah. Um. So with his uh, knowledge of all the the planes, he realized like, oh, I know the perfect hiding place for my for my uh, studies. Um. And it's in uh, Pandemonium. Yeah, I, th- I think it's called Pandemonium, uh, which is a chaotic neutral plane, uh, an outer plane. And the the thing about it is that uh, deep down under, like, underground kind of in this plane, uh, there's an endless maze of caves that uh, powerful beings or just, like, people in general from around the universe uh, <laughs> put powerful beings or... Uh, artifacts to be locked away so he's like oh this is perfect so what he did was until he died he he didn't like he he went down into the uh 
the caves, walked around until he had no energy left, and just dropped dead with the box in there, and with his dying breath, put a barrier spell uh, there. Flash forward thousands of years. You have a wizard who wants to become a lich. And what he does... This is the part I remember yeah. from your story. Yeah, so uh, uh, it's a complicated process to become a lich, but uh, a part of it is that you have to kill uh, an innocent person. And I'm actually not sure if that's specified. I think it's just like you have to do some incredible act of evil. So it could be, it could be kill like a little baby, or it could be like invite some Boy yeah. Scouts over for cookies and then drain them of their eyeballs. Um, I have no idea what I'm talking well, about. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like what, what he decided to do was kill an innocent person. Okay. And turns out the person he kills actually wasn't innocent. Uh, I'll discuss who that actually is later. But uh, th this person isn't innocent. So the process of becoming a lich goes wrong. So him being a chaotic, well, <clears throat> technically chaotic evil, but before he was chaotic neutral, uh, he... he Successfully transforms, but he's sent to pandemonium. And so, it, so it's kind of like it, the process goes wrong. So he still becomes a lich, but because he technically died, he's still sent to like the plane. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And I, I forgot to mention, but the the nexus of caves and stuff is called a gathian. Okay. If you guys wanted to know that, um, so he knows because he he's also a powerful wizard. There's a lot of wizards in this plot, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I played he, a wizard. Yeah, <laughs> in, in this story. Uh, but uh, he, he knows some knowledge about the Outer Plains as well, and he knows that powerful things are locked away in Agathian. So he decides, since he's a lich immortal now, uh, well, technically you die and go to Pandemonium, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> he's literally immortal. He doesn't need to eat, sleep, whatever. He decides to go into Agathian and like mindlessly wander for thousands of years himself. All right, not thousands of years. That's not true. Uh, for he, he just happens to come across Pandora's box somehow. He, he takes a long time, but he manages to do it. So, him being a malicious wizard with this information of destroying the structure of the planes, he decides to do that. So he uses that information that uh, the wizard thousands of years ago... Um, to, he uses that information in order to destroy the, the structure of the planes and bring about, bring about a new starting is his, his plan, basically. So um, he's all around bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he, did, I don't know if this comes up later in your plot, but like, does he have a motive for this? Or is he just like, wow, I don't want to die. I'm going to become a lich. Whoops, I'm in pandemonium. Time to literally nuke the world. I, I guess he's kind of... He feels like the world owes him something because okay. he do he doesn't know that the person was innocent, wasn't innocent, right? Mm -hmm. So <clears> he <throat> he feels like the world wronged him. robbed him of oh, okay. becoming a lich and staying into like in the, the material, material plane. Yeah. So yeah, he feels like the world owes him something, so might as well just destroy the whole the whole of it and then make a new one. Yeah, and just a little, little more detail on what actually what. <laughs> <laughs> no because uh, <laughs> Thanos kills people but he's destroying everything well 
have you seen Endgame? Yeah, I guess so. But whatever. <laughs> um, a little more, like just a little more detail on what actually happens when uh, this collapse happens. Uh, random pathways between the planes uh, form sporadically uh, because they're they're kind of being crushed together. When you when you look at uh, visual represent representations of D and D's uh, planes, you'll have the outer planes on the outside, like kind of like spokes on a wheel going to. The inner planes, which are like Shadowfell, Feywild, and then the the elemental planes, and then material plane. Uh, so they're all kind of getting crushed in, kind of like a neutron star or something like that. And one like kind of rule that I made is uh, planes that are complete opposites of each other uh, always had a permanent portal to each other. I don't know why. I just thought that was cool. <laughs> so this is before or after the. Uh, so he finds the box. Yeah, so he finds the box. This happens after he finds it. He Okay, so the he, big portal's open after he finds the box. Yes, yes. Okay. He he uses that information in order to do these things. Okay. I don't know what the information is. I just kind of skipped over that. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, the, the wizard thousands of years ago isn't, like, completely irrational. He wants to have some way of getting to the box right like a way into pandemonium so if something like this happens where someone is destroying the planes uh there is a way to get there mm -hmm. but it's really hard so basically what uh, i i named from for some reason now in the word document i reference him as pandora so or her i don't know it, but it's pandora now so pandora <laughs> hid a tower in a demiplane and this tower has a gate on the ground floor and what this gate can be used for if you there's a little pedestal on the front of it and if you draw a certain symbol or kind of like pattern on it basically you can go to a certain plane or specific mm -hmm. area um imagine it kind of like the the time lord language from doctor who okay uh, but it's, so it's, it's kind of like that. So it's also kind of like a deployment area kind of thing where it's like, yeah. oh, they need our help on this plane. Doot, doot, doot. But like mm -hmm. it, it was just for him. It's like a very small tower. It's like, oh, okay. It has like three floors on it. So oh. on the ground floor, you have this portal. But if it's, if it's used without putting a um, symbol in the pedestal, uh, a random portal will be opened to a random place. Uh, and above there, there's a... Uh, how do I describe it? Oh, yeah. So first of all, you need a, a staff in order to uh, use the, the portal itself. Uh, then, so on the, on the floor above the, the ground floor where the por portal is, there's a circle of pedestals symbolizing all the planes. And they have visual hints of people that need to be found and uh, like conversed with in order to take these pieces to a ritual uh, in order to get to pandemonium because uh, the ritual is doesn't have to do with the portal downstairs it's something on the top of the tower i this is really like all over the place but like i just wanted to make it more complicated <laughs> because it's special you're going to pandemonium it's where the pandora's box is whatever uh so you need to find beans to find pieces to this ritual uh in order to get to pandemonium but once you actually do this ritual, you don't get to Pandemonium yet. You get to the Labyrinth of Necrosis. And 
what the labyrinth of necrosis is is a map I, I have a map for it but it's really huge and complicated uh what uh that is for is to find the final step to actually getting to pandemonium at the end of this thing that is meant to kill people who aren't strong enough to get to pandemonium it's yeah uh, <laughs> uh so there you actually find the pattern for pandemonium uh for the portal so i lied uh you actually do use the portal against pandemonium but you need to find the pattern in the labyrinth of necrosis which i didn't really plan but would have a lot of strong monsters and a lot of really complicated puzzles in to actually get the, this pattern um okay so this staff wait wait i have a question yeah where did you say the tower was oh it's in a demi plane okay i thought you said it was in pandemonium so i thought you no 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 <laughs> okay no. i thought that would, be, that would be the ultimate way of just destroying the hope of your party yeah. if it's in pandemonium they get to pandemonium go through the tower they're like oh we have to learn this ritual spend like <laughs> many sessions finding all these pieces finally going in getting teleported to the maze and then it's like oh we found this thing and they step through the portal onto like the other side of the room it's like oh no yeah and uh, like also in the in the tower you can find a bunch of uh studies that pandora wrote throughout the years obviously it's not the really important bits but it's basically just general information about the planes so your players can uh take them out read some about the plane before they go there and try to get or find the person they're trying to find um so i mentioned you needed a staff and this staff is in the control of a corrupt jarl in a town called jordis i don't know how i it's d-j-o-r-d-i-s I, I can't make names i just look up random things uh, <laughs> but it's a Sounds like a disease yeah it, it's a it's a um a, a town or like kind of a city not very big uh in the mountains in a place called the <laughs> barons no no wait Okay, okay, so so Jordis is actually... No, okay, Jordis is not the city. I'm, I'm reading this wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the region which is con, uh, uh, made up of the place called the Barrens and the Rift. And the Barrens are a large flat tundra, and then uh, the mountain... Or the, the, the Rift is a mountain range. And Stonekeep is the city where Jarl Orlin is, uh, who has the staff. Um, and Stonekeep is a isolationist city because, uh, under, under Jarl, Jarl, Ulrin, that's so hard to say, Jarl Ulrin's, uh, control, he's kind of like a tyrannical. You've changed his yeah. name like three times now. What did I say? You said Orlan, Ulran, <laughs> and Ulrich. Whatever, it's Ulr it's Orlin, Orlin, that's how Orlin. you say it, Orlin. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, since he's corrupt, he, he's kind of a tyrannical rule. But uh, so it's very isolationist. You have to have like special conditions in order to get into the city. Uh, the only city that they uh, converse with is called Enga. And Enga is, uh, I wrote, the polar opposite of Stonekeep, uh, which is a wide open, diverse city within the barrens the, in the tundra. Uh, so they're, they're welcoming. They're basically the complete opposite. And uh, the Jarl there, who's named uh, Rickvon, uh, is a good Jarl. Uh, the people there really like him, but he often procrastinates 
when dealing with serious matters. Um, so like that's where the staff is, right? And the staff, which you need to use to actually open the demiplane and function the portal, uh, can only be used by a magic user. It needs, they, they need to be attuned to it. And then once they're attuned to it, they're plagued with images of a collapsing world and warnings of destruction that it can bring. Basically, they're trying, uh, Pandora's trying to put them off from getting there, but like he's trying to make it hard, basically. Okay. <laughs> so this guy not only learned the way that the world can end, he's like, if this falls into the wrong hands, I'm screwed. But if it does fall into the wrong hands, the only people that can save it, I'm going to make it tough shit they need to have some real (laughs) willpower um so when also in addition to being attuned to the staff over the course of two weeks the user will go completely insane if they maintain a one mile radius with the staff once they're attuned to it um Mm. then after a couple days the images will eventually hint to the user that they have to do something horrific it could be anything uh but the intent is to scar the user uh, but once that's done, the images stop, and then the user can use an action once every three days to open a portal to the demiplane. Okay. So they have to they, they have to do something horrible, but they have to have enough willpower in order to actually continue. So after this thing that they've done horribly, do they still go insane after two weeks? Or no, uh, because uh, I said the the images stop. Okay. But it has to be done within two weeks. Okay. Because otherwise they will go insane. Okay. So uh, and I I quote. Uh, Carter from summer, like six months ago. Uh, <laughs> Pandora intens- intentionally crafts the staff this way. He wants to make the process as difficult as possible, but possible in order to stop malicious intent. Okay, so now I'm going to kind of get into uh, when Dylan played this uh, campaign with our friend Rishi. Yeah. Should I explain my character a bit, or do you... Uh, you can explain your character, and then I'll explain your connection to the plot. So, I don't... I think I've said this a couple of times, but I don't normally play spellcasters, but I decided for this one I'd play it. And so, basically, my story was that I was a kid who was, like, proficient in necromantic magic, but because of this, people were like, I don't want my demon dog raising up from the dead. So I got taken in by a group of wizards and they didn't know what to do to me. So basically I spent my entire life just like living in a basement. (laughs) But this did not make me bad, like a bad person. I'm like, oh, I hate everyone. I was actually like the complete opposite. (laughs) So much that like I was socially inept, but I like loved everyone. I like always went up to people. I'm like, hi, how are (laughs) you? But I, I think I, was, I had this cool curse that Carter and I had talked about where I had like a black glove and I cast mostly necromantic magic. And as I cast necromantic magic, my right arm, which I used as my spellcasting focus, I think I used the glove or my arm as my focus so, something or something. Like, that, yeah. uh, like I would, my hand would like slowly become more and more skeletal until eventually it would just like be completely bone and like glowing with like green and purple. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, I kind of took the fact that you didn't mention anything too much about your parents. Uh, so oh. the person, this is all new to me, by the way. So. Yeah. Yeah. He, he knows nothing <laughs> about this. Um, the person that 
I, I didn't even mention the, the witch's name. His name is uh, Srindin. Uh, this, he, he killed your father, okay? Oh. Okay. And okay. you're his phylactery. That's why you have all of this, like, chaotic energy. Oh. For, and that's why you're so well-versed in necromantic magic. You're a phylactery. You're kind of like Harry Potter, but it's cooler than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Harry Potter, but done correctly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the... <laughs> Uh, if Dylan remembers, uh, we constantly had a voice speaking to you. Yeah. That was Srindy. Uh, uh, so... But he was helpful, though. Exactly. He wanted he you... he want me to get hurt, but he wants me to also find the way of stopping it so that he can stop yeah. me. Basic, okay, so the, the point <laughs> that I was trying to do with him having a close connection to you and keeping you safe... He want he wanted to <clears throat> subtly guide you to him, so he could like, kind of take control of you almost because you're his phylactery. He he knows you're still he knows you're still alive because he's still alive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a dumb lich move, by the way. Like, no, I think it's an awesome story point, but <laughs> <laughs> this is not like Harry Potter where you have multiple phylacteries. And, like, you give it to a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if this baby dies in this medieval <laughs> world where there's most likely, like, the Black Death just running around. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if this baby dies, I will literally just poof. Yeah, you, you were very much a baby when he became a lich. <laughs> and you were present there because he made you his phylactery. But he, he knows he, need, he, he obviously can't get to you, so you need to get to him. Mm-hmm. He needs to make sure you're safe and you don't do, like, you don't do anything to stop him. So he kind of ironically brings you towards him, but along with your party. Mm. That was the end kind of goal that you guys get there. You have an awesome battle with him. You win or not win. Uh, you know? So like we beat him, but he resurrects and then it's like, I have to die. Exactly. You, okay. the, the, the whole point was like, there's going to be this whole sad thing where you had to die. So the world had to be saved. So that was the main goal of this campaign basically that's dark yeah <laughs> but uh after and you would also have to read the studies that pandora wrote in order to stop everything oh, okay so it was a complicated ritual as well not but like the it, it could be done when you found the the studies i don't know what it was I don't know what was needed. I didn't write that in yet. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that's basically the whole idea. And then after you you do that thing to restore it, all the planes are okay, you know. So yeah, that's that's the whole gist of my campaign idea within this universe. But I w- I still want to like kind of reutilize this universe because yeah. I think it's really cool. I think a lot of pieces of it were really cool. I don't think we'd be able, you'd be able to use like the same plot line, but like it could be like a separate yeah. story along with it. I, I like the idea of like planes collapsing and mm-hmm. random portals showing up out of nowhere. So do you want to kind of talk about your experience in the campaign, like for those two sessions? Yeah. So, well, I think it was like we said, it was one session. It was just one long session. I think it was actually two. Uh, Okay. <laughs> too too long was it? Okay. So what happened was though, um, our first like level one, um, 
It's the classic. You walk into a bar, <laughs> except this bar is on the top of a giant tree. Oh, yeah. And um, me being the socially awkward, never talk to people wizard, I walk over to the first pe- person I see who looks the friendliest, which is the rogue skulking in the corner, <laughs> and say, hi, how are you? <laughs> and we become great buddies immediately. <laughs> and then a... Harpy. Harpy drops from the ceiling. Out of a portal. Out of a portal. It, it, uh, whenever I described a portal opening, I would say it was kind of like this metallic rip. If you can yeah. almost imagine like a saw blade cutting through metal pipe, almost. Yeah. Not, you said, a, not like, you said it, could, it was almost like... Could, you, I remember you describing like the smell of it, almost like it was like a metallic smell. Almost. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Okay. And so... I get knocked out turn one, but you know, it's fine. Because <laughs> you're a wizard. Because I'm a wizard with like eight HP. And then our tiefling rogue saves the day. <laughs> and then so right after that, we go down the tree. Another portal opens up and a Modron pops out. And this is where the story gets a little <laughs> muddy because our rogue, our friend, Rishi, has never played D&D at this point And so does not know the dangers of portals. And he decides to jump through one. I could have, I should have thought of that. Because, like, I, I didn't explicitly say, like, oh, the portal closes after the Modron comes through. Because yeah. my original intention, right, Modron comes out and you had to find some kind of way to communicate with it, right? And maybe you had to go to yet another wizard and figure out how to communicate with it, right? Yeah. And Re- learn what's happening. Rishi decides to sidestep the Modron, just ignoring it completely, and just dive through the portal. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, oh, he's already in an outer plane level one. <laughs> I have to think of what to do. Um, and, of course, I already said with the the kind of lore-ish type stuff, uh, there's this permanent portal to the most opposite plane. Yeah. So, so we, like, jump, drop in. Well, first we dropped into a factory. Yeah. And I can't remember why, but my character was, like, really good at drawing for some reason. Yeah. I think I wrote it down. And so I drew, like, a masterpiece painting of, like, the assembly lines of, like, Modrons and, yeah. like, the other ones. And, like, they, they seem to be, like, being produced, like, really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. And this was because we stepped outside the factory. <laughs> yeah. And there was just, like, a it's not a brawl it's like a war a war (laughs) a war zone of modrons and slads yeah because uh if you don't know the opposite of mechanis is what that's where they uh got transported to is limbo which is the uh polar opposites of each other complete plane of law mechanis with complete plane of chaos which is limbo that's where all the slads live yeah, <laughs> and then I think that's where the session ended. Actually, was it? No, no, you no, we didn't you get got the out and then it ended. We got oh, okay, yeah, we, we got out via a portal to the material plane. It was first the material plane. You, you got to a, a really cold town. It was like snow covered. I was making a reference to our old campaign with uh, Thok. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was the town where you fought the dude and, like, became the king yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Story for another time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, after that happened, no, not, nothing happened there. You got to the plane because I realized nothing was happening. I was trying to think of something to do as you guys were, like, looking around and finding nothing. Uh, 
you got to the material plane of or the elemental, elemental plane, plane of, of water. water, and that's where that ended. Yeah, and then that was pretty cool because we went to like the city of a thousand pearls or yeah, without, yeah. I realized that I filled it with the wrong creatures because that city is filled with uh, the the genie frog things. I can't remember what they're called. Uh, but I filled it with a bunch of merfolk and merfolk, stuff. Yeah. I, I, I didn't pay attention to it, the... It was cool. Anyway. Yeah, it was so cool. <laughs> and we had to go down and, like, we had to find a spear, I think, or a weapon that was stolen from, like, the king of the... Yeah, mer- so you could, like, gain their trust or something. So we could get their yeah. trust for them to give us a boat... So that we could sail to the elemental, so that we could sail to the portal between the elemental plane of water and fire, so that we could try to find another portal to get us back to the material plane. Yeah, or so, something like that. I, I can't remember why I was trying to get you to I, the. No, I 100% remember this because it was like, can we buy a boat? And they're like, yeah, for this much money. And we're like, we're level one. We don't have that money. And so they sent our level one characters into the depths of the yeah. elemental plane. You of fought water. some octopi yeah. or octopus is. And a sea hag. Yeah. Because I thought it was going to be gold. Because he's like, there's this glow coming out of this room. And I'm like, ooh, let's look in it. And I, like, move some rocks aside. And it's a sea hag. <laughs> yeah. But, um... Was it to get... I think, no, there, there was some other reason I would put you to the plane of water. Or, no, no, uh, they, they didn't know where that portal went. They knew there was one. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, maybe that would get you back home. So, like, they, I think they were directing you towards that portal to get oh yeah yeah. uh and also technically the plane of water doesn't have like a top but in in my version it does yeah because i think it's kind of cool i think you (laughs) you specifically mentioned that like it is like only water but you could still like find a boat yeah like the player's handbook says like oh there's no top to the thing it's just an endless sea but i'm like Mm. you can go on top why not (laughs) yeah because like how would that work though because like yeah exactly how how is there light anywhere how like what's like what would you describe as like the like deepest part versus the like upper like reef if it continuously always goes up yeah exactly so everything would just be the deep part forever and also that confuses me like what happens with the plane of air because like there's technically no bottom to it so where do you go you just fall forever free falling (laughs) (laughs) but um that'd be that'd be scary yeah and then I eventually had you go through, were, were you underwater? Yeah, yeah, you were. You had, like, these bubble things. Yeah, they gave us breathe. these bubble hummocks. Um, and they, yeah, they directed you through this little, oh, what was it? It was kind of like a little cave. I had it, like, I had it written in as, like, an old temple. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what creatures I put in there. Kuatoa. Were they? No, no, they, they weren't cute, were they? No, that was in that was where you got the the staff. Oh, are we? No, I'm talking about the, oh, the second yeah, one. Oh yeah, yeah, the second part of that. I think I think I had you fight like the the like sea monster humanoid dudes. I can't remember what they're called. They're from, they're in Volos. Yeah. But uh, after you got out, you met with an adult blue dragon, or an ancient I, that, blue that's dragon. That's where this thing went. Yeah. This was this campaign was really cool, but it was all over the place well it's i i i was thinking like oh maybe it should feel all over the place because yeah it should (laughs) but it was really quick because i was trying to hint at what was happening right like Mm -hmm. i did that with mechanist and limbo but i also wanted you to have no idea what was going on yeah and then and then you had a little subplot oh no we we fought the giant like 
uh, spider creature that's in Volos. Like oh, the, like the pale white spider. Yeah, yeah. That thing scared the yeah, shit out of me. Yeah, oh, uh, you killed that. But uh, then the adult blue dragon was like, uh, "Oh, these dudes bothering me." And then he met up with uh, the the um, oh, what are they called? The the golden horse thing in Volos. It starts mm. with a Q, I think. Quan Chi, something, something like that. Something, yeah. Um, and it was I didn't tied actually. Up, yeah, right? yeah. I yeah. I didn't actually write this into my word document, but what I originally had planned for him was that he was kind of a familiar to Pandora. I don't. I think they don't technically live um, forever, but okay. like here, I just had them live forever. Um, and he was gonna guide you towards the staff. Because he he knew everything that was going on. Okay. Uh, and he was going to give you little bits of information. He didn't want to tell you everything because he wanted to like learn Make what sure you guys you were like. Worthy as well. Yeah. Um. And he he knew all, all about you as well, your character. Um, but of course he was trapped and he he couldn't get to you. But if he wasn't trapped, he to he would have gotten to you earlier. Okay. But you ended up getting to him, so that was helpful for him and also for me. <laughs> being the dm <laughs> but he yeah he was gonna try to because i had to have some way of like pushing you into the main quest right why are you looking at my sorry <laughs> i had a ruler on the floor it's like this weird folding one but um yeah I th because i think those creatures are super cool they can speak telepathically and they're like these lawful good creatures they're really cool so and that's where that ended yeah. You didn't even get to, like, the main plot line because I was still making it as I was doing it. Because, like, the, all this really cool stuff I only planned afterwards. <laughs> I, I did have the general idea of what was going on, but, like, you know. Um, yeah, I, th I think that's about it that I have to say for that. Um, feel free to use that. I mean, I think it's, it's a cool idea. I think it's a really cool idea. I think it needs some, like refining obviously because <laughs> i wrote this like in one afternoon like because i was like oh here's a bunch of ideas and it, like makes no sense but <laughs> um and especially if you want your players to like not hate you forever maybe make the way of like using the portal a little less convoluted <laughs> yeah but like i was thinking i was I, thinking I, about like, that i think it's a good idea that like he wants to test to see how worthy you are to use it but being like oh to use this thing, you have to travel here. But, and then after that, you can go insane. Or every three days, travel to this place. And then you have to go through all these planes, meet all these other people, and then talk to all of them. Get the idea. Yeah. Go to this plane. <laughs> go through this labyrinth. Get this plane. Go here. Well, go that plane. Because the reason I wanted, like, kind of like this holistic thing because I, I i think all of the planes are super cool right yeah i mean i, are, I want may, maybe like you don't need to go everywhere obviously maybe like some of the people that he spoke to are dead now right or something like that like a god died or something right uh so Ooh. maybe another one like already has that yeah what if you had to talk to like the like not the leader but like the ruler of each plane yeah it, it was kind of that it was kind of that kind of thing oh so you have That's, to like talk yeah. to like primus and like as yeah and no, obviously some hilarious. of those things are really hard to talk to because what's who, who's the leader of the abyss? Is it the Demogorgon or, or Orcus? Like he, you have I to would, figure that I out. I would say Orcus, but I would say the Demogorgon. So okay. <laughs> you'd also have to talk to like Asmodeus. And shit. Yeah. Like the, 
it what would be really hard. Okay. Um, but I think that's the point. Like you, I wanted, he wanted whoever's trying to get there to feel hopeless. And I kind of wanted, obviously I don't want you guys to like feel completely hopeless playing my game, but, uh, <laughs> like it, it has to have that sense of hopelessness. Like, Oh, there's going to be another step after this. Like mm-hmm. I, we don't have the resources to do this. So you want to like break your players so much that when they finally reach it, they're like, they're so satisfied. Yeah. It's finally over. But of course you have to fight a lich at the end. So, (laughs) (laughs) but you, you would probably have like plenty of levels and magical weapons by then. If you go to every single plane to talk to like the leaders of these planes, you need, you would need to have some high level. I, I was thinking anyway, like maybe taking out a couple of the planes that I didn't think were like super important. Like, uh, there, there's the, the hourglass one. I don't really like that one. Uh, the, the, it's, it's a, uh, lawful, it's a lawful good plane. And, uh, it's, it's really weird. It's like, the, there's a part, it, it, it looks like an hourglass almost not, not the land, but like there's a bottom part and then top part. Mo- I think most gnomes go there when okay. they die. And it's like, it, it's weird. I, I okay. can't remember how to describe it, but it, it's. It's not that important to be honest. Okay. It basically basically the Paris handbook is just like, oh yeah, there's a bunch of gnomes here and they farm. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that I'm I'm done talking about that because I could keep on going on about like other ideas that I had for it. So I think Dylan should talk about his space. All right. Wait, space. Yeah. So <laughs> um, my campaign actually started from an idea of wanting to play a different module or not module different rule set i guess so i found this thing called stars without number which looked amazing and i thought it'd be so so cool to play problem is it's one of the most complicated things i've ever read (laughs) it just like it goes into and i love it i loved reading it but it goes into so much detail that you could buy like the individual pieces of a like a motor for your spaceship (laughs) <laughs> like it's crazy how much detail you can put into like y- like your spaceship is literally like building your own computer from scratch if you like also like made it like i don't know millimeter by i don't know if that like translates well but like if like it took bit like a bit. little bit by bit like uh, it was just, it was just very confusing <laughs> so i decided to try to be like what if i could put this idea into 5e Hmm. And so I did. <laughs> well, sort of did. I haven't been able to play it yet, but I'll probably be playing it in a couple of days once I'm on vacation. In Florida. In Florida. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll start off with a bit of history about my game. So basically, yeah, the year is 2050. Well, not the game year, but the game time, early time. I'm having a seizure. Um, 2050. The moon and Mars are in the midst of being colonized. And basically, years ago, the Earth government had sent out probes to try to find uh, areas of space that were habitable. And the Ares Prime sector is discovered by these probes. 30 years later, in 2080, the theory of warp travel is unveiled by the government. It's basically... You go very like you go slow like you go very very fast but slow in terms of like light speed light speed yeah 
So, so it would take a couple, like, it would take a very long time to, actually, I wrote this down wrong. It takes a long time to get there. It's like a safer, it's like safe way of going really fast. Yeah. And in 20 years later, again, the warp gate begins construction. 50 years later, because it has to be this massive gate that can hold spaceships holding like billions of people. Because it's everything's over-colonized at this point. Yeah. When I say midst of being colonized, like, midst of being finished colonized, like, there's no more habitable land between the moon, Mars, and Earth. And so they need to send people out. And so, 2150, warp gates completed, and colony ships depart. I wrote this down as 2155, but I probably would change that, but I'll just keep it the same for now. So it takes about five years. Um, colony ships, they arrive in the Ares Prime sector and warp lanes are established. Basically, you still need these warp gates to be set up in between little areas of space for your ships to be able to fly through or else they'll just have to be like trucking along over these long distances. And so 2280, so we just jumped 120. I can't remember what. Yeah, something years. like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Basically, the Earth, Mars, Moon, and anywhere else in the solar system that they colonize is now called the Union of Sol. And by this time, anti-Sol sentiment has grown throughout the colonies. So basically, when the colony ships arrived, they found alien life, but it wasn't really like... It was like very like lightly spacefaring, like us in the... like. 80s maybe so like we have we do we have sent people into space but like nothing like big and so they get there and then basically yeah they're like we don't like you anymore we don't want to keep sending you our resources we don't want you to keep sending us people that we have to now yeah <laughs> put into a new planet and so 10 years later the tension is broken as a war breaks out between the union of soul and the now named Outer Colony Confederation, also known as the OCC. Ock. 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 <laughs> or the Feds. Yeah. yeah. Um, ten years later again, the OCC is getting its ass handed to mm-hmm. it. Because although they outnumber the Union by, like, a ton, their whole reason for being here is, like, space mining and sending food back to the union of souls so like they do have ships but these ships are basically like a tractor with a machine gun (laughs) on it versus a tank like fully weaponized (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and so to prevent losing even further after their capital was blown up basically into oblivion um the occ launches a ship armed to the teeth with wet bombs um and just as it enters the warp gate, they managed to sneak it by past because they took a, they captured a soul ship and sent it through. And just as it's beginning to enter the warp, they blow it up. <laughs> and so the warp gate just basically shatters on itself. It's just mm. debris everywhere. No more, no more warp. <laughs> no more warp. And during this time, um, theorists found out that there's a, like, we don't need to use a warp gate because it's slow as fuck (laughs) let's make jump travel so the theory of jump travel was established because 
they found a type of megafauna on one of the planets mm. that the blood basically is really unstable almost when it's like reduced. I don't know, like a best like word. like its chemical makeup is filled with like strange stuff. Yeah, and if it's condensed, then it can be turned into a fuel that can basically shoot you across like very very quickly. Mm. So are, are you still like moving at a high speed, or are you actually like teleporting? You still move at a high speed. So like I have a map that I can't show, I guess. Obviously, but um, <laughs> basically it's a hex map, and where warp travel would take about like a day, maybe two, to travel between the hexes, jump travel makes that an hour. Oh okay, yeah. So you're like flying by, but it's still not as fast as light like speed. what percent the speed of light. I don't take physics. I don't know. Yeah, no, but like a guess because they they shoot particles at the Large Hadron Collider and CERN at like ninety five percent of the light. Oh, I would which say, is hard to do, but like I don't know how like large like, like these hexes are meant to be. I like, would say like seventy seventy percent is really fast. Yeah, I'd say like between like sixty and seventy percent. Yeah, so like very fast, but it still takes a little bit of time to get between these big sectors. It's basically like traveling between like solar systems. So it okay. happens yeah. sehr quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so the game takes place, though, five years after the war. And so there's still massive derelicts everywhere. Reconstruction is happening on many worlds. A bunch of people are still missing. And yeah, I kind of designed this game to be more open-ended in terms of what the players wanted to do. So I had an idea for playing with Carter and a couple other friends where it was kind of like, they're mercenaries for a mega corporation, all looking for their own goals. But I focused a bit on Carter's, where basically his dad was a senator of one of the uh, worlds, and he was he got done dirty by another senator. Yeah, <laughs> and then eventually, the entire group is called together because they're technically mercenaries, but they it's because their family owes a debt to this mega corporation. Yeah, and to pay it off, they have to go do dirty jobs for them and uh my my character i can't remember his name uh hormus yeah yeah hormus uh he i took the stats from a tiefling but since it's still kind of humans yes so so uh, uh, how i described this to carter and i described it to my brother yesterday is basically the races were like there is it's basically like the reason they're all bipedal and like two arms single head and stuff like that is because they're all based off humans, mm. but over the hundred and twenty-five years, they're showing the traits of both human yeah. and and other also species. like genetic engineering and stuff yeah. like that. So like uh, so like certain ones like half orc, you'll be you will look like a half orc, but it's because humans you know, did it dirty with yeah. an alien <laughs> or like roided up real yeah. hard <laughs> or or like live next to a nuclear reactor for yeah, like two yeah. generations. So, so my guy uh, was technically a tiefling. Uh, so it was partially like uh, traits that I already had from my parents, but also partially body modifications. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he was trying to hide, yeah. which was cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my, my, my father uh, was screwed over by somebody at, which I, who I also forgot the name of. Ayama Bia Finder. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so she basically took the place of my father and but he the thing is he doesn't know that 
all he knows is that she was like she wasn't his like fellow secretary like not senator she was like below him Mm. and all he knows is that she framed him but she he doesn't like he had to like go into hiding and so he didn't know where she ended up well my father killed himself pretty quickly well your dad killed himself because uh my my mother left him yeah because uh of whatever she did i I don't think i ever specified very sad backstory (laughs) but uh yeah he killed himself and then i realized like i am gonna avenge my father Mm -hmm. and so i made it my like life's goal to plan out the murder or like humiliation of this that's the thing that i thought was really cool about your character is that he didn't kill people well we never got to play you never got to play him but we've never played yet but um like i yeah yeah that that's actually true i wasn't going to kill her i was going to humiliate her um so what i did was change my appearance so she wouldn't be able to recognize me if she saw me and my character would never come to kill anybody uh but he he was still i think lawful evil because his intents were like and the way he he was going to do it was probably going to be not moral but he still has a code of conduct like he he won't kill anybody Mm -hmm. and he was a bard so (laughs) and so basically i planned on one of the later missions being the mega corporation sends him to protect an asset Mm. on this world and it turns out that it's the person that made him his father kill himself yeah like like the person that she's the person like directing the mission yeah like she yeah she she's not the one directing the mission she's the asset you have to protect oh okay yeah so it's basically like they're trying to open up a new factory on this world but local gangs are like this is our territory you can't do this protect her while she like does the unveiling ceremony yeah. basically and i sp- specifically chose spells like trickster spells so to help me like flesh out a plan of course it would be kind of like a last ditch thing because like i wouldn't know the exact situation I was going to be in, but it, it was stuff like disguise self and uh, invisibility, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can really just humiliate her. All right. And so I'm not going to talk about all the planets because there, there was, like, 10 or 11 with, like, a full page of, like, story. Yeah, and we're, and we're, like, 50 minutes in, so. <laughs> yeah. But I will talk about the factions of the game all right. just real quick. So we have two main mega corporations in the city, in the sector. Exotech, which is kind of, they specialize in like mining and energy production, but like their main goal, their main thing that like is their black market mercenaries basically. So like, yeah, they sell energy and mining and like minerals and stuff like that, but they tr- have like some of the best trained like black ops soldiers to defend their facilities as well. We have Aeon Incorporated. They're like the vehicles and ship people, and they're more of like what you'd expect from like a like a slick corporation. They're like robotic like front desk people you know like their guards are like full of like white plate armor stuff mm. like they're, they're more like fancy wait white plate armor are these stormtroopers <laughs> <laughs> um and we have the lost fleet which is basically the leftover union of soul members and basically they got beaten so badly that i kind of made them into kind of like zombie cyborgs mm. because basically they were like destroyed and they just like sit around the remnants of the warp gate uh but they kind of like went insane almost because mm. they're like there's no way to get home yeah 
And we're stuck in a place that if we ever showed our faces, they'll kill us. Mm. And so after, and they can't like get new food and stuff like that. So they've basically gone into like this, they've become zombie cyborgs and stuff like that. And the the first mission of the game was actually going to be, you could find it out. You were going to be sent to Arcadia, the ruined planet that mm. the Lost Fleet kind of patrols around. Yeah. Because they no- noticed that one of the like ships that was patrolling kind of just like sputtered out of life because like they have no fuel, no food, no water, no anything. They're just like basically mindless zombies at this point. Crashed. And they want you to set, go and get the, like the black box so they can find out some of the re- technology that this the ships use. Yeah. And it was going to be a way of finding noticing it is if you made like a high enough perception check, you'd hear like walking and thumping around in the upper decks mm. of the ship. It'd be locked, but like you could hear like ragged breathing and then like a big stomp and then like drag and then yeah, kind of reminds me of the uh, like the 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 kind of zombie not really zombie like the the scary fish dudes from Aquaman, you know, the yeah, one, the ones that kind of like went insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but they, but like. Another cool thing that I was thinking of, like, much later in the game, I was thinking of doing, like, arcs and stuff, and is if you had an even higher perception check, you'd hear mumbling of the numbers 0102 Mm. over and over and over again. And each mission that I came up with, if it involved robotics, had 0102 involved in it. And so basically... I hadn't figured out the cause of it, but, like, for some reason, anything robotic had begun to go haywire and was, like, basically uploaded, like, a thing that was, like, we have to destroy Concord, which is the new capital, and 0102 is the space coordinates of Concord. Oh, oh, okay. I would have expected there would be more numbers to a space coordinate. (laughs) It's how the the hexes work. There's four numbers. So Arcadia is 0000. Yeah. Okay. And so it, it just it's it's much easier to think keep yeah. track of, but it, it's basically the coordinates so, in the sector. So was it kind of like a programming glitch or something that made that? Happen? Yeah, because so, your next mission after that as well was to investigate a space station that the company owned, mm. and basically because their research staff had lost like contact, and you'd go in and you notice that like potted plants, which you would expect to have plants in them, are just dirt, mm. and there's only like empty robes and stuff around. And I was gonna introduce the. Uh, swarms of like nano machines that were just like tearing down organic matter into more nano machines <laughs> and i thought it was going to be a cool thing because like you wouldn't be able to use like actual weapons against them because like you swing through a thing of, i just hit the microphone with my swing <laughs> you swing into like a thing of nano machines and you don't hit anything it's just i mean you probably do hit thousands of them but there's still a giant swarm coming towards you so i thought it would be cool yeah but if you investigated the station enough you'd find the same thing the reason they went rogue is on their like mainframe it says zero one zero two just repeating mm. and yeah oh that's really that's really cool some of <laughs> and i just have five more faction i did i have too much time on my hands is there it, one you'd like to summarize like really really quickly that you think is really cool because we're 55 in. I'll just go through all of them really quickly. Okay. The company, it's a mercenary organiza- organization that takes old soldiers that can't find a job and basically like, you can become a mercenary, come join us. Uh, the Outer Colony Confederation, they're just, they're now called the Feds. They're basically like military forces. They're made up of all the different races and everything from all the different planets to just keep the peace. 
the Rippers. They're basically a black market organization that mainly located on the capital in Psych, which is a pleasure planet. And they take augmented human beings, steal their parts, sell them on the black market. Bad people. The HFI, also known as the Humanity First Initiative, also known as the Alliance of Harris, is basically a splinter group from the OCC. So when the war broke out, one of the planets called Harris broke off because they're like, we're humans, we brought all the technology to the sector, why should we have to share it? Mm. And they just have this one little planet in the sector area to be like, this is ours. And you can't really tell who they are, but you could probably tell because they don't like aliens. And the last <laughs> one is just the Bounty Hunter Guild because this next thing that I'm going to be playing in Florida, my brother and I are going to play Bounty Hunter characters because I think that'd be fun. Nice. Yeah. All right. So is that fast enough? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was really excited to play that, but like, we really just have not had the chance to play anything. I mean, the, the thing that I like about, like, not to, like, suck my own dick, but, like, <laughs> I made it so that there's there's a lot of replayability in it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you could, you have the Mega Corporation game. You could be bounty hunters, like, I'm playing on it. There's huge portions of the map that's unexplored because what people are calling warp storms opened up because they're the same color as the warp gate. And they only opened up after, like, a significant amount of warping happened in the system. Yeah. So, like, people have forgotten what lies beyond. Yeah. So you could be, like, explorers. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, to compare ours just, like, really quickly, yours is more, like, yeah, I, I guess yours is more of a universe, I'd say. Uh, mine is more of a module type thing because it's centered around this main quest. Yeah. But it could, like, the general idea can still be utilized. And then yours is, like... <laughs> definitely more fleshed out than mine but <laughs> yeah one time my flight was canceled and i spent seven hours doing this yeah <laughs> so i guess just to kind of like wrap up real quick just like a couple bullet points of both of our things uh so mine wizard thousands of years ago like oh i can destroy the planes but no nobody can do this but i don't want to destroy it so i'm gonna go put it in place he dies uh leaving that there Dude becomes a lich, goes to pandemonium because he did it wrong, uh, gets the box and he starts collapsing the thing. Then when that starts, that's when the actual campaign starts. Uh, main goal eventually gets to you defeating the lich, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and the way you do that could be different for everybody because you're going to the different planes to gain information on this complicated ritual to get to the labyrinth of necrosis then go to pandemonium i mean I, I guess the necrosis part isn't really needed but whatever um then yeah that, that, that's about it <laughs> random portals everywhere someone summarize mine up in a couple bullet points earth crowded send people to new sector fuck some aliens now i don't like earth big war we're losing blow up earth the way to Earth. <laughs> the way to Earth. <laughs> and then after the war, be whatever you want because this is space. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I heard, I heard some stuff from your campaign that I never heard before. I knew, like, the general gist, but... Yeah, I had a lot of, like, different, like, secret stuff that I, like, wanted to, like, flesh out a bit more. Yeah. But, like, especially the Harris part, like, the oh, humanity first. Yeah. There was going to be a whole quest line with that after you talked to the woman. Yeah. And then you definitely heard some stuff you had never heard before from my yeah. campaign. How, like, <laughs> like, really important you were to the story and what yeah. would happen at the end. 
kind of feel bad for Rishi though. He was just like the random rogue. Yeah, well, he just got dragged into it. Well, he he started like the whole like Conflict. I don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah, because he just went into the portal. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Um. So we're probably gonna take a break for a couple weeks because I'm gonna be in the U- the U.S. and Carter's not coming with me. Yeah. I'm gonna be staying here doing some work. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah, when we get back, which I'm not sure when that'll be. Uh, I'm not sure when we'll get back. Maybe to late cool. December, January, something yeah, like that. Late December, early January. There, there will be a couple weeks where we can't do it yet again because we have some exams. Yeah. But um, when we do that, we will finally talk about little goblins. Yeah, and goblins. Other than like hobgoblins and bugbears. Maybe and... to make up for the weeks that we didn't do, maybe we can make it extra long if we have some time. Okay. Like we talk about goblins, maybe we talk about some creatures that we like and yeah, make it a little special. A little special. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is a little special. Yeah, th- this was a little special, I-, I think. We're definitely, this is our longest podcast for, by far. Uh, <laughs> hope Hopefully you guys enjoyed our not very consistent ramblings about <laughs> these campaign ideas because I didn't realize how unorganized this word document was. Same here. <laughs> like, I thought it was organized because I have some bolded words and it's like, this is where oh, yeah, history yeah. goes. Here are my bolded words. Background, what Pandora left behind? Opening the Demiplane, Srindine's Phylactery, Jordis, Stonekeep, and Inga, and that's about it. <laughs> well, mine is definitely more organized like that, because I have, like, map. Yeah, yeah, I didn't I make any maps or anything. History, important characters, different planets, factions, and then quest yeah. lines. And you, quest you definitely lines put more, like, because you, you, like, went and, like, organized everything around it. I, like, definitely organized, like, here's the campaign idea, this is where they'll eventually go kind of thing yeah but you you wanted to keep it open-ended so like you kind of had to go everywhere yeah so (laughs) like here's all the things you can do and it's literally anything (laughs) be a space miner space farmer space cowboy space explorer yeah i think both both of these styles of campaigns definitely have their strengths and limitations yeah i I would i love playing in either side but i i I like open-ended ones but they're like they can be bad because sometimes you don't know what to do. Yeah, like, sometimes you're like, oh, I don't, I don't really know what to do now. And other ones where, like, the story's kind of plotted out is really fun because you get to explore this world that the DM has, like, put a lot of yeah. attention specifically into. And you get really committed to the <laughs> story. And But the opposite side of that is that it can get railroady. A little and bit. And I don't think you would be railroady, especially because you allowed us to, like, enter a portal yeah. at level one. I, I, I definitely... <laughs> I gave you the option to enter whatever portal opened. Like, I, I always kept that option open. I never took that away. Because maybe you were bored with that part of the game. Like, I, I, don't, I don't really... Like, that's fine. And then you just jump to a new portal, your new, new area. But sometimes you can get railroady for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's about it. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Well, not watching. Listening. Uh, <laughs> and remember, don't, don't be a murder, murder hobo. hobo.